Visible is a wireless carrier that is not invisible. It is pretty clear from the name, actually, radio waves are invisible. And I can say this with authority as a licensed amateur radio operator. That being said, Visible won't be giving you the power to see light outside the visible spectrum. It's actually way better because having that ability would make getting around very difficult and distracting. What you do get with Visible is unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. You get one line of wireless, just $25 a month, which is great in these times of economic uncertainty. That is one line for $25, taxes and fees included. So whatever you're doing at this moment, please stop. Switch immediately. Now, monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Wir gerne sehen in was ist los. It's dein Freundo Seth. I'm learning German. Yeah, in case you didn't know what that was. That is me trying to impress you with the little German that I know. Right now, I am actually learning German. I took it in high school. I goofed off the entire time. I did some other language learning apps. They taught me things like where the taxi stand is and how to find a bus, um, but not a lot of conversational uh German. Thankfully, that's what Babbel is all about. Babbel teaches you language conversationally, which let's face it, that is what you want to know anyway. I don't know. When I was in school, you learned like how to count. You learned like the colors. You learned the shapes. Those are all important things, but they don't help you when you're in uh, like Cologne, Germany with Ein Nierenstein, which by the way is German for kidney stone, uh, an experience I can unfortunately speak personally to. But I've been using Babbel to learn to speak German again, uh, better than I have before. I actually really like it because it is conversational. It's a little bit more relaxed. One of the things that it does that I really like is it'll sometimes show you what the literal English translation is. And I don't know why, but I find that very helpful in sort of understanding the structure, the grammar of a language and sort of putting myself into that mind space. Since I'm only in Germany for Gamescom, which is like a week, week and a half, I'm not immersed in the German language. I'm not immersed in German culture. So what I do is the second best thing. I'm taking Babbel. Hopefully this year when I go to Germany, I'll be able to impress all the Germans with how much German I know from learning through Babbel. The app has pronunciation recognition, so you'll be able to learn how to speak better with your accent, how to actually properly pronounce the words. That way you won't get made fun of by a, a group of older German men because you said Apfelstrudel and not Apfelstrudel. Um, no, it's really cool. Uh, I'm going to say right now there is a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now you can get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners because you guys are the best ones, by the way, at babbel.com slash realm. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash realm. That is spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash realm. Rules and restrictions may apply. Nintendo!
Chef for the week of November 10th, 2016. I am your host, Jose Otero, and this is IGN's Nintendo Show. This is our 332nd episode, Jeez. I believe, um, which is something to talk about. But uh, <laughs> joining me this week... Uh, the one and the only <laughs> on the show, Per Schneider. Thanks. Hey, Jose. How's, How's it going? going? Yeah. yeah. I'm very excited about the big round number we're celebrating. Today. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. totally. No, totally. No, it's a lot of episodes, man. Uh, we, we should start throwing more parties or something. Um, of course, you can watch episodes of Nintendo Voice Chat on YouTube, which hopefully you're doing right now. And if not, you should check it out. YouTube.com slash Nintendo Voice Chat. Really easy thing to do. And uh, you can also leave us a review like, uh, let's see, Harris left us on iTunes. He called us the best Nintendo-related podcast around, which was very nice of him. Uh, I've been listening to IGN's Nintendo show for almost 10 years, uh, since the early days of the Wii. And I can honestly say that it's currently uh, the best it's ever been. And he credits us for a lot of the combination of entertainment, professionalism uh, that we bring to every discussion. Uh, he's tried others. He likes us. Thank you so much for that, Harris. We really appreciate it. I'm, I'm paraphrasing slash summarizing. Why are you smiling? That's nice. No, I'm, I'm happy so that wide. somebody likes the show. That's good. Oh, okay. Are you scared when nobody likes the show? No, no, no. I'm, you can look, tell me. I'm, I, I'm always happy to be on the show. It's nice, nice bit of escapism in these, in these. Especially from your times. job yeah. as, as GM, exactly from my, from my overlord of all, all things. No, it's been a long week, mm-hmm. but no, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to talk Nintendo, man. Okay, Come on, let's, cool. let's, let's start. All right. Let's so hear what's going on. First thing that's going on uh, in more recent news is that uh, Nintendo has not given up on Mitomo. Yeah. Um, which is interesting. Did you think they would? Uh, I'm not sure. I know that when it came out, I was certain it was a platform that was going to yeah. continue to evolve. What I didn't know is that November 10th or November 9th uh, last night, that platform, it would take that long to evolve that platform. So they put out a big 2.0 update uh, that has a bunch of stuff. Now, uh, what's in it? So you can send messages to friends now directly. Um, your me will actually leave the house when he does that and go over to that friend's house to deliver it. Or you can send a sidekick. I could apparently make another me and and task them with going out to do that. Um, you customize your room. Surprise. We, we call this. Uh, you can customize your room by changing the wallpaper or the flooring. They also have uh, that you can post your own photos, your me photos that you've taken in the room. But that's where things get weird because the first slot to do that is free. Uh, if you want to buy additional slots to put up a photo that you've edited, 99 cents okay. per slot. And there's two slots per wall. All right. Okay. So uh, then there is uh, Style Central, Anstro Central. These are both areas where either you're showing off outfits or you are answering global questions, uh, just like they've done before. And I went over one of them already. The, you can make sidekick characters. Apparently, the app is, is smaller now. It's not quite as large as wow. it was taking up on your phone. I haven't seen the comparison. That's just according to what they've put out. Um, but here's the thing. Um, before we get into this, during Nintendo second quarter – President of the company, uh, uh, Tatsumi Kimishima, said, you know, they've released Mitomo in March, which is what they projected, what they promised. He said they're, they're close to reaching 15 million uh, users, which is nice, uh, even though the title hasn't had that much activity. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. He also said at that time, quote, the title has not been impactful from a profit perspective, but the trends have been largely according to our expectation. Hmm. I'm surprised. I thought I thought the Mitomo story ended so quickly. You mm-hmm. know, certainly from my circle of friends, which may not be representative, of course, of the the target audience. It feels like the story died down so quickly. And like the updates that you describe now, you know, the stuff we talked about in the first week. Hey, we hope they follow up with a customizable room. That kind of felt like this kind of stuff feels like 
what could have sustained the you know the discussion around Mitomo on a weekly basis, like where this could have kept me coming back, but like so many, you know, I, I held my finger on the app and said X after a while, right? Because yeah. I wasn't using it, yeah. and you know, certainly kids who download a lot more apps than we do and constantly swap out apps probably are long gone from the app as well yeah, and, yeah. and won't see these updates. But, yeah. I mean, it's cool that they're committed to it. I got to think that, you know, given the low buzz, given the low profitability and, like, at charging a buck to hang a picture on your wall is not going to suddenly, like, make, you know, uh, print money here. No, yeah, um, and, I, and I think that's been the story, and I think you're right, right, that, you know, over the course of these few months, the things that we have most been attracted to was, hey, there's Splatoon items. Hey, there's yeah, Zelda yeah. items. Hey, there's Metroid items. Um, but it hasn't been enough to keep us there. Yeah. Uh, I know some friends who check every day. Wow. They get their they get their Mitomo coins and then they're out oh. because they want to spend those coins on something, um, depending on what they are. But, yeah, the story quickly fizzled out. I, I agree with I, you. I do see this, though, as yeah. – a play I think this is just a timed play for Super Mario Run. Next month, Mario Run is coming out. They have not given this game a date, but they said December. Nintendo is known for that cross promotion. They are known for basically if one thing that's my phone. If one thing uh comes out, they try to promote their other stuff. And on mobile, the story is gonna be okay, if Mario Run is really good, look at this really cool app. By the way, you can check out this thing. And now that other thing they're pointing to is more complete. No, I agree. I, th I think it's a good story. Certainly for people who have never tried the app, suddenly they will find, you know, a much more full-featured uh, feature set. Of course, the trick with Mitomo is, like, unlike Mario Run, you absolutely need friends for it to work, mm -hmm. right? Like, it is a community app, and those those can quickly rise and quickly die. And I, I do feel like we're more at the die end for this app. Sure, But maybe what they're building here can serve as a platform on one of the other machines, yep, yep, right? Yep. Like, we don't yet know what anything on Switch will look like. Yeah. We don't know what the interface will be. You know, remember how different the Wii to Wii U was. The Wii U with the startup screen with all the little Miis running around. Mm -hmm. This story fits right into that progression yeah. where you're making the console much more personal. You know, maybe with the ability to send messages now, you are they are building a platform that can run on on the uh, on the switch. Well, as well. Mies are a relic of that story of that Wii success story that yeah. it was like everyone had their own avatar, and here is the way we chose to make them look because of limit because it wasn't about how the character looked; yeah. it was more about the interaction and what you were doing and how it was one to one. I think they'll um, keep going with Mies, though, don't you think? Like, I feel like the the switch is not going to be a restart in a way where everything that worked for Nintendo in the past has is thrown out. I think the Miis will survive. I, th I think, I think the Miis will survive, but I do think they are in a weirder place given that Wii U started with basically following up that act of your me is your story, your me yeah. is your character, your 3DS, same thing. And I don't think they were able to find many applications. I mean, granted, that's changing. I feel like this month, uh, next month in Japan, for example, they're putting out a game called Metopia. Yeah. It's this wacky, like absolutely insane RPG um, where you cast your friends as the other me characters. Um, yeah. And I'm curious to see if they will continue to, to do that stuff. But I feel like I'm for the hardcore Nintendo fan, Mies yeah. were were symbolic of this and and i'm just I, i'm reacting based on like the things I, I hear around the office sometimes but folks i think folks looked at them as very sterile personality less character like yeah. characters that didn't have the kind of personality or traits that they saw in nintendo characters and so to me i wonder 
I, I wonder if the hardcore audience even cares, you know? Like, it just feels like it's such a casual play instead. Yeah, but I, I mean, the Mies were deliberately simple, and like, in that simplicity, we found so much creativity. I mean, mm -hmm. what people have done with Mies is insane, right? Like, yeah. once in a while, you see a me, and you're like, you look at it, and you're like, oh, those are the eyebrows on the chin, right? <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's pretty amazing. It is. But nothing stops them from taking that basis of the me and actually expanding on mm -hmm. it, right? Like, I'd say Splatoon, you know, it would be awesome if you could get something more full-featured like the Splatoon characters, you know, yeah. with that kind of customization. Um, but I think Mies are not done. And I think Mitomo, I don't think they would stick this much work into the platform if there wasn't if there wasn't a use of it somewhere else. Sure, sure. You know? No, I, I hear you. Yeah. So, so you think, so would you say here and now Switch will absolutely incorporate Miis in some way and continue so. that? I mean, that's the Nintendo sort of identity. I think so. Makes especially, sense. Especially yeah. since, let's, let's face it, like Microsoft ripped them off, right? Microsoft introduced their version of the avatars through Rare, a very Nintendo company. <laughs> and it was a straight up ripoff of having these avatars represent you mm -hmm. on that platform. Sony never get, went down that route. Mm. Microsoft moved away from it. That means it's still uniquely Nintendo. When we think about these kind of funny cartoon character representations, you instantly think of Nintendo. I don't think they're going to cut that. Cord. Yeah, and, and maybe go, to counter yeah. my own point, uh, there is a lot more personalities in Mii's through Mitomo yeah. and through Tomodachi Life to an extent than was ever a part of Nintendo's typical software packages. Yeah. So, you know, like the Wii Fits and the Wii Tennis and Wii Sports and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Like most of those applications didn't have a ton of personality mm -hmm. and. Uh, uh, eccentric eccentricity like yeah. to them like yeah. there wasn't a lot of that whereas like I feel like every time uh, I, I'm curious to come back to the app more I think some folks will look at this as too little too late yeah um, personally, I want to see how well this will do after Mario Run. If Mario Run brings in an audience, then this wasn't for nothing. There's a meaningful to connection to and a meaningful reward. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, remember we we haven't seen the full kind of centralized Nintendo account system yet either. Like, I think there's just so many balls up in the air that make come together in the end. Well, then th that's actually just, this should be our last question then. So uh, the one thing we do know about the relationship between Mitomo and Super Mario Run is that your Mitomo friends are your Mario Run competitors. They are mm -hmm. the people you will be playing against and you'll see their scores. Does Mitomo become that Nintendo Switch on Nintendo Switch as well? Hmm. Does it tie to that account? Because you're going to regret it. You have so many people on that list <laughs> that you that you just let in from the beginning. Okay. But I wonder, would, would will Mitomo be the way you communicate with your Nintendo Switch friends? Yeah, I, I mean, more so than that is um, if you've played Forza Horizon or the Forza games on the Xbox, they use your friends as what they call drivatars, right? And there's a little bit, there's some secret sauce about actually using some people's driving data, but mostly it's just about taking something you instantly recognize and assigning it to a car, and suddenly that car takes on personality. I, I, I'm behind Jose, and like it makes me feel something, mm -hmm. right? And I think that approach was really, really smart for Forza. Whether you, whether the car drives like you or not, doesn't matter. Sure. Um, and I, I, I do think Nintendo recognizes that, and like Mitomo could form the foundation for something like that—a system that just makes things more personal. And ideally, yeah, it'll be tied to. You know the actual player performances, but at its very basic note, it's like uh, you know, it's like the stuff we've seen on 3DS, where you know through Street Pass, a character who would otherwise be generic becomes special because you're like, oh, I recognize that guy, or I remember that guy, or oh, that's my friend. Sure, you know, sure, okay. Uh, so then, in other sort of 
a related topic uh, with respect to Switch. I'm not sure if John, when John was here, we talked about this, but you know, we obviously talked about the touchscreen, right? Yeah. Whether or not it is, we feel that it is. We're 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 pretty certain it is. Um, but here's the big question: If Nintendo Switch indeed has a touchscreen, why didn't Nintendo talk about it? I mean, to set the the basis <laughs> for this question, touch gaming is basically the biggest moneymaker in video games today. And yeah. I know some folks don't like to acknowledge that, but it's true. The biggest market, the biggest selling device is a touch-based device. Nintendo has a history with touch-based devices. The simplicity of touch is one of the reasons Nintendo DS ended up doing so well and not sure. having competition like smartphones. It's the easiest story to tell in this era that most people are attracted to who aren't hardcore gamers, and yet they chose not to show it in this presentation. Well, this, I mean, the, why? The, well, the presentation did not focus on casual gaming at all, right? I mean, the presentation was very much like this machine can run all the games you can see on your Wii U and your your Xbox uh, One and, and PS4, right? Um, with some changes, but like it's it's that full fleet, uh, full featured console experience, and I think. The touchscreen story wouldn't have added anything to that story because you're not you're not yet telling the story that it's a versatile device that can actually run some of your favorite Android games or anything like that. They're not telling that story. Maybe they will tell it in the future. But what what talking about the touchscreen would have introduced in the trailer, uh, in the reveal, would have been this. Oh, this is just like the Wii U. Right? Like, Do you think so? Like you would have looked at it and said, how is this different from the Wii U? Like if they were using a stylus in it, I would have thought, oh, okay, yeah, it's closer to the gamepad. And then you think about like, oh, okay, maybe they will use this for mobile games. Maybe, you know, like the, I think the story shifts sh- from sure. this is a true console that you hook up to your TV and you take with you. And look, you're playing these really powerful games on the go to, oh, it is very similar to the gamepad or it's very similar to the 3DS, but which I don't, I don't think, think they wanted to tell. I don't think that, that – uh the version of that interpretation changes just because you tell that story later, though. Like, I, I don't. I mean, I think that you, you give control. yourself room to, to you control, can control it, it more and talk about yeah. it. But at the end of the day, that's still your story. And I, I don't know. Like, I, I guess some folks have been comparing Nintendo Switch to Wii U and saying, oh, well, it's, it's Wii U 2.0. Yeah. Um, but I think that one thing that that video did do is that every game that they showed immediately communicated basically what the device could be used for. Yeah, yeah. So if touch is one of those devices... But there's more to it, too. I don't think touch is it. I think there's more to this device. And they're, they didn't want to tell all those stories right from the get-go. Mm-hmm. Maybe, honestly, maybe, maybe there wasn't any software that they wanted to show that was touch-focused, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you can think of creativity apps and stuff where then if they had shown it, people would have said, well, okay, you're competing with the iPad now? Good luck, right? Like, I... I I can understand why they would have left it out. So, yeah. Um, and it, I mean, it also becomes a very positive story now where you go like, oh, I've seen what this thing can do. You know, it can run a version of Skyrim. It can run this beautiful Mario game, Mario Kart, Splatoon, all this stuff. Oh, look, it can do more, right? Yeah. Like, here's another thing. Now they're going to show the Amiibo thing, which they hinted at and confirmed, but they haven't really shown. Now it can do, you know, some other weird stuff with that left button that we don't know what it does, right? Mm-hmm. Like, maybe that's focused on the sharing ability. And then they're going to say, look, you can 
pinch and zoom in, zoom yeah. out, and you can use a stylus too on this thing. So I, I, I can think, I can see where you're coming yeah. from, right? Having more story to tell at the end of mm-hmm. the day is a better thing because it's oh, and it does this. Oh, they and need, it does this, and oh, it does this. However, they need more of that. I will yeah. say I think the, one of the other reasons I personally think they didn't choose yep. to talk about this is because it is the one part of the story that needs a bit more explanation. The minute you put the switch in the dock. How are you touching that game? And <laughs> no, that you're is right. not No, you absolutely right. That is not a story yeah. that you can tell within 3 minutes in a video that isn't even narrated. You know, like they're not I think that that may have been the the, the roadblock there. It's yeah. just that we don't have a way to tell the story visually. That's really no, that's really smart. I think you're onto something. Like there's no doubt in my mind that they're going to show Mario Maker on this thing. Mm-hmm. The Mario Maker yeah. story is going to continue. That's a platform for creativity, right? Mm-hmm. Now in a dedicated Mario Maker um, Switch trailer they can show you creating and using the touch screen and then you go oh try this level and you put it on the thing and boom your friend is going to play it on the big screen like you can tell that story visually now you can use Mario Maker with a d-pad and a controller Mm -hmm. too you can create pretty good things but you know, it's not as it's fun not as, as fun. drawing yeah. on it. And they're going to show you that you can, in fact, do both with those See, things. See, but that's the thing, too. I think that the scenario you just described, to some extent, could have been something they could have shown. Could have been, hey, someone creating a level, boop. You and don't think they it would have been distracting, away. don't you think? I, I think it would have been. Yeah. I think that's why they ultimately chose to walk away. I think you're right on that point. Yeah. But I do think that that, that had to be the reason. Because yeah. It's just that when I think about how big touch gaming is, how big that audience is, how much money that audience has brought in, I think it is. it would be silly of Nintendo to make a handheld-like device and not include that function. Oh, they, I mean, they, absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's going to have a touch screen. Yeah. 100% it's going to have a touch screen. But right you know, but I think there are, uh, <laughs> but I think there are other features that you know. Quite frankly, they purposely didn't talk about much. Mm-hmm. You know, like they don't. They could have easily like spun the system around and showed you where the stylus is, oh, or, yeah. or showed you a little bit more about the shoulder buttons or what's underneath the Joy Cons. And they they purposely didn't do that. They're like, hey, our story is not about all the stuff this thing does. Our story is here's what the core concept is: a powerful console that you dock and you take with you and it's pretty cool like it'll feel good to dock mm-hmm. it yep. right like docking things rarely feels good if you have an older laptop or you've used a pc laptop the docks are like cut chunk like it's yeah. this awful like physical thing sometimes it doesn't make the connection with max there's no great solution there's some vertical docks but nothing feels good even i think they spend phone. a lot of time yeah, on yeah. making that feel good yeah even your phone when you're plugging it into a, a yeah. dock like your your iphone or whatnot like you have to kind of like the, wiggle it around and the iphone the right stand spot. is a ridiculously Poorly designed product. Have you seen the the stand? Wait, like when you go to well, when you go to the uh, Apple Store, you mm-hmm. can see them. They use them for the display that props up your your phone at an angle, and it like literally rests on that little port. Oh yeah. Like by the way, the, I have like two at home because. Um, Lots of kids and G- wives, right? Money. G- it won't even G- wor- it won't even work with my wife's, right? Like it's it's so touchy and so bad. But like that that's my point. I think they they spend a lot of time making that docking procedure not just look cool. Like I I think when you watch the trailer, it's like it's neat how they go like the chink with the controllers. The and chink. It looks cool, I like right? It. I, I, yeah, I I think they they will show a little bit more around that, and you know maybe there is a reason why the sliver of the console sticks out at the top, right? Mm-hmm. There's been theories that. You need that for, you know, for pointer controls or whatever. We don't know. It may yeah. just be that it, you, you can see that it's off or, you know, it vents. 
Yeah, no. Yeah. We'll, we'll do, well, there's definitely more story to tell there uh, like in January. Bar. Yeah, in January, you're going to get those answers uh, one way or another, so make sure you stick around for that. Yeah. Um, other things. Tantalizing. Uh, tantalizing. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in the world of tantalizing things, then, uh, how about NES Classic? Are, are you buying one, or, or, have, or has that ship sailed for you? You're just teasing me. So my uh, <laughs> my Famicom is on the way from oh, Japan. Oh, so you bought a I Famicom from, from okay. Amazon Japan, yeah? Okay. Um, How about the If US? you ever want to do that, it's pretty easy without reading Japanese. Just have Amazon US and Japan open at the same time. <laughs> All the links and buttons the are at the in bottom. the same. You can, oh. <laughs> you can see. But it's isn't it bull translation? It's uh, like yeah, it's, it's not great translation. Anyway, I, I like my uh, I like my dual screen. <laughs> both full no, translation. They both all the buttons are in the same spot. So honestly, if you shop on Amazon a lot, you probably can just do it blindly anyway. Mm-hmm. But yeah, also I ordered true. that thing. I, I mean, the NES. It's going to be complicated again. It's like yeah. you have to set an alarm clock in oh. order to buy it. <laughs> Let or, me tell you what time. <laughs> so I went. By the way, I went to to, to um, uh, where did I go? Toys R Us mm-hmm. to get a, a gift for for. Uh, kids birthday party and like they had every amiibo ever like nice. it was it All was right. every amiibo you ever wanted was there and that's of course what's going to happen with, with the nes classic if you can wait it'll be a no yeah. stress shopping yeah. experience but until then how do yeah. we get this thing good luck tell um, us I, I will tell you <laughs> so amazon sent out an email yesterday saying that the nes classic will go for sale on the site at 2 p.m on friday that is launch day november yeah. 11th Purchases, purchases of the console are limited to one per customer. One. Just one. And the company said that one-click ordering will be disabled for the NES Classic Edition. So you can't just sneak it in the cart and run. You have to go through a few steps. Um, and they made it very clear that there are limited quantities uh, through that retailer. Now, uh, your other avenue, if you live in New York, uh, Nintendo posted on social media that if you are one of the first 250 people in attendance at the Nintendo uh, World New York store uh, or Nintendo World New York. Yeah, I think that's the name. Sorry, mm-hmm. I hope I didn't get that wrong. They are having a retro 80s bash full of neon pink and blue and purple. Nice. Yeah, do it. Uh, and neon hammer will, music. Exactly. And you will be among the first uh, to purchase the system in the US that way if you go to that uh, shindig. I believe that's November 10th, so it's the day we're recording this. So if you're listening, and you missed it. Whoops. I am so sorry, but uh, hopefully you know someone who's going. But if you went, what the hell, man? You should be working. What's going on? <laughs> it's 80s bash, man. They got to go with the, like, yeah. the shoulder pads no, and, I mean, that's, and the big hair. That's that's do all of it. That's a challenge. It goes on sale when you know people are at work. Um, it, it's, it's, it's not going to be a smooth experience for those who really want it. But if you're the kind of dedicated Nintendo fan who's going to stand in line or, or get there early – to a store, I, I think you have a good chance at, at scoring one, right? Yep. No, yeah. totally. Um, I'm going to try and get one tomorrow. Uh, I did take the office one to a friend's house uh, mm-hmm. who has an eight-year-old who has loose like relationship to Nintendo. So first of all, he loves a Switch. He wants one, and his birthday is in February. But uh, the console comes out in March, so he's already wheeling and dealing is to he find get, like who... the Ken reaction figure coupon for his birthday. <laughs> I guess like I don't, the empty I don't know. box with a picture of it. Um, but uh, a funny note, though, I hadn't played the NES Classic, and I had that moment where you're like teaching someone, "Oh, this is the first secret in Super Mario Bros." He's like, "There are secrets," and I go down the first warp pipe and go to the end. And he's like, "Oh, it's like it's earth shattering," which is always fun to. Uh, if, if you're a parent who has raised a child, uh, props. Like that's a moment. That's the reason I think gamers. Uh, uh, 
definitely want to have kids and pass and then, that stuff on. And then they realize how hard it is and that one hit kills yeah, well, bound in any of these. So games. when he did it, he got really excited. And then you know what he did, right? Right after he finished the level and he went through the war pipe and he got it done. He threw his arms up in, in great like, like yes. Yay! And he was still holding the controller. Oh, no. Guess what happened to the system? Catapult classic. Yes, the two and a half inch cords. I'm about to go cruciate again on this table. Wow. Oh, my God. Like, it is so difficult. Um, that, that to me was the use case <laughs> I didn't have in the review, and I kind of wish I had. Um, uh, but regardless, you know, we gave it a 7.5. Um, that being one of the caveats, right? Uh, the other, obviously, for folks to know, these are 30 preloaded games. That's not an insinuation that they have to be able to expand or do more. It's just mm-hmm. that 30 is what you're getting, and that's it. Lucky story for you, these are 30 great games, yeah. or 29, depending on your attitude towards Ice Climbers. Um, but, uh, yes, yeah, somebody that's what he did. And that's why I was there like... <gasps> Horrified. One of you guys, uh, yeah, one of you guys tweeted at me and said that you're disappointed that it is the best and the best known games that are included because you you're so familiar with it. But I, I think that's a reminder that most people probably haven't played those games much. Like mm-hmm. the nostalgia factor is there for people who haven't played those games as well for a while. Mm-hmm. So you know, maybe we'll get to uh, alternate editions that go a little deeper into the catalog, but. I mean, it's hard to complain about that lineup of games. There's yep. so many good games. And by the way, uh, on the note of the controller court, there have been more solutions coming out now, right? Oh, like, talk about those. There Let's... was, uh, yeah, there's, there's um, one third party manufacturer is making an extension court okay. that works that doesn't have the plastic clip on it. Reminder: if you buy one of the extension courts that has the plastic clip from the Wii age, use a small screwdriver, take it off so that two can fit into the port. It's a serviceable solution. Yeah, no. And then there was a NES controller adapter. Too. So yeah, folks are putting different things out. Uh, For example, Hyperkin put out a press release that they're making, yes, a controller adapter for the original Nintendo Entertainment System controller, which if you have one of those, that's seven and a half feet of cable, just just for comparison, roughly. That's not an approximation. But um, you're able to basically put something off over the pin adapter and convert it to a Wii accessory port and then just plug that right in and you should be fine. Uh, That's cool. Someone also put out a wireless version where you put in a little NES accessory. uh, It's a third-party wireless It's a third-party one. The controller itself is hideous. It's ugly. It is like one of those things. Here's the thing that bugged me the most the other day. Uh, Maybe it shouldn't have, but I'm just going to throw this out there. I plugged in a Wii Classic controller, the the revised one. You know how first they had one that it sort of looked like a Super Nintendo controller and they did it over? The lozenge. Yeah, the lozenge-looking thing. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. The one that had like two sets of triggers right next to each other, which I've never liked. I still don't like that on the new Nintendo 3DS. Not a fan. Um, I plugged in the the revised version that they shipped with Monster Hunter Try on the Mm -hmm. Wii. Uh, Guess what happens when you hit the home button? On that controller. You go to the menu. Yes. Yes. It could have been that way. <laughs> it could have been. It's so weird. It is Why a didn't strange they just choice. Put that on there. Uh, good friend of this show, Jeremy Parrish, thinks that it is because they used the original molds for the uh, NES controller that they oh, yeah. decided not to change the front. What, what happened to, <laughs> to the original molds for the for the cords? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I hear you, but it's... Yeah, no, yeah. He, th- he thinks that they were going for authenticity and therefore that's what it was. And I agree with him. I think uh, I think he's, he's right for the most part. But I the, the, the part of my brain that is just like, if this had been there and this had been fixed, this to me would have made more sense 
versus again, like if you have kids, this is this is the story that's going to happen to you. I saw it firsthand. Yeah, that thing's going to go flying. It is paperweight size. Like it is so light and so easy to toss around. I'll definitely get an extension cord. Like I don't, I don't really have a TV in the house where we can sit that close. Quite frankly, like mm-hmm. maybe my my son's room. Um, one of them. Yeah, no, he's got an HDMI port on the front, so we could do it there. But it's just. There are not many places where we could do this. All right. Because uh, of my fancy big setup. <sighs> GM money. GM money. I'm getting you the heard 4K it here. TV next week. Oh, my God. Finally. How? I don't have a 4K TV yet. Okay. Yeah. You, see, you, you should see the glint in his eye when he said that. <laughs> my um, wife put the stamp of approval on it. All right. Yeah. And now it's, now it's official. Yeah, yeah. When's it coming in? Well, I don't know yet. I have to, I have to order it on Friday. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, Saturday. Sorry. All right. Yeah. Um, in our last story, before we take a quick break, uh, Nintendo finally came out and announced that Wii U production is ending. Now, this story originated in Japan. Yep. Um, this is a week after rumors were already saying they were going to end production. And last week, you know what they said to those rumors? That's not happening. We're not doing that. Turns out this week there's a different story. <laughs> and we just got comment from Nintendo of America that that – Advisory goes for Japan and the U.S. They are shutting down production on Wii U. Uh, the final tally, I think, on console sold is 14 million. We have to start planning our Wii eulogy, is what uh, Marty Sleva called it. Wow. I think that's a that's that's makes a lot of sense. Uh, we should have that. That's beautiful before the end of the year. Yeah, yeah you think? Yeah, I think okay. that's a great idea. Yeah, it's. A, I mean, it it was a it was an interesting system. With some really good games on it, and mm-hmm. just uh, uh, hampered by its appeal to broader masses and, and limitations, uh, like, uh, yeah. short lifespan and no support, right? Yeah, um, there's some cool stuff people did on on Wii U. Yep, um, and some really cool games. I think they'll be fondly remembered. I think many of them are going to make a return on the uh, Switch. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Well, let's we'll save yep. that for the Nintendo for uh, sure. voice chat. We eulogy coming into the next few weeks. Beautiful. Uh, so let's take a quick break, and when we come back. We are going to talk about uh, a happy topic, happy topic, I promise. Something about uh, a recent forum post that actually got raised my eyebrow. We'll be right back. Tarot here with Pear Schneider hey. and Pear. Uh, so, a good friend of the show, uh, Vanilla Light uh, on NeoGaf, posted mm-hmm. a thread that I thought was interesting. It was about uh, your favorite top five handheld games that appeared on a Nintendo system. Now, there are some rules to this game, so let me tell you, let me school you. Number one, <laughs> you can choose any game on any Nintendo portable system uh, from the Game & Watch all the way to the 3DS and anything in between. It can be a first-party or third-party game. does not matter uh, as long as it is a game that can be played on there. The only exclusion uh, exclusions are virtual console games, which uh, – so you can't cheat and put like, oh, there's your link SNES. To the your Link to the Past is immediately the one everyone goes for. Oh, he's changing his answers. Uh, but under these rules, that means remakes count. So like Ocarina oh. of Time 3D and Majora's Mask 3D 
I, from Damn, what I can tell, it was so easy are without that. Yeah, it was way easier without that. Actually, I'm not going to put them on because I'm going to leave out remakes. Yeah, I'm leaving out remakes too. And yeah. But, uh, but so, Smash Brothers, for example, is fair game because it launched on two platforms. Yeah, and it is okay. a different version of the platform. Real quick, I just want to read his because I reached out to him and asked him mm-hmm. for it. So he said Mega Man 5 uh, Game Boy. Wow. Um, Dawn of Sorrow, DS, great yeah. choice. The World Ends With You, DS, also a great choice. Yeah. A Link Between Worlds, 3DS, horrible choice. Yeah. I'm kidding, great choice. And last one mm-hmm. is Advance Wars for yeah, Game Boy yeah. Advance. Uh he felt that Mega Man 5 on uh, Game Boy is a sleeper. All other Game Boy games were weird NES mashups. 5 was the first time they tried to do an all-original title on the Game Boy. And it got his, their attention. All right. So do you want to go first? Ooh. Oh, by Should the way. Should we just do one more? Should we both trade do number five and then okay. work our yeah, way, well, way see, up? I kept going. I have a list of like 14 just well, in case you took any of mine because I was willing to switch. No, so why don't you go first? Let's just go five and up. Don't okay, switch. Five and, and then up. we can fine. always talk about the honorable mentions. Okay. Yeah? All right. Number five. All right. Hold on. So, number five. Uh, okay. Uh, number five for me is, <laughs> you're not going to believe this, is uh, 3D Picross. Nice. Yeah. Okay. So you really like that game. So I I like most of the Picross games. I'm not a big fan of Pokemon. I I thought the free Zelda one was was actually fun, but like 3D Picross was just one of those games that really I was obsessed with. Hmm. I bought the Japanese import and I spent so long on it. And there's so much in it. And I just think it's such a it's it's fairly complex for being a, a puzzle kind of like a, a thinking man's game. Um, but once you play the original Picross and then you upgrade to that, something happens. Like just the kind of spatial thinking, the way you navigate it, the way they did the the um, the controls. You know, they simplified it. Obviously, later where you can explode a bunch of zeros like all all at once. Like they, it's just such a smartly designed game that all it does it it uses numbers like. You know, Sudoku that created this kind of like number game craze. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah. it's like that, but for the digital age. And I just think it's fantastic. No, I agree with you. I want to ask which one. Are we talking the Nintendo DS version or the Nintendo 3DS version? Are you talking about uh, round two? I'm talking about the original one. The Across original one, 3D. There's just Got it. Like, for Nintendo 3DS. There, there are certain games DS. on my list where I'm like, you know what? The, the sequels are really good, but like you can't re- – you can't – get that feeling again from yeah. like playing a game like that for the first time yep um and a bunch of games i left off that uh, it's killing me that i couldn't put them in my top five but um <sighs> i know no, that but, they, but i always felt like they're and i'll give you an example tetris is not on my list what but it is like <laughs> such a classic it's just that i feel like i've played it across so many different platforms they all bleed together and game boy was so awesome because you could play it anywhere but um i, di- I didn't put that one i didn't put that one on my list um, shameful. No, it's. I think yeah. it's fine. Yeah. Um, I was really torn on number five, and yeah. I'm still looking at five and six and going, should I make number oh, six number man. five? Because six is so good. Yeah. And it's a third party game. And uh, all right, I'm gonna pull the trigger on on six. Make six my number five. Wow. And, and if I if you name any of these, I will I will throw that back in. Yeah. Uh, ah, fine, whatever. I'm just gonna go with my five then. Uh, Wario, where twisted. 
Okay. And for good reason. So the WarioWare concept obviously has its own merit, right, of being these mm-hmm. fun, crazy micro games that you are figuring out as you go. You're given the broadest instruction. You have to do it. By the way, what happened to that series? I feel like I haven't seen one of those in forever um, done in a, in a really smart way the way that game was done. But Twisted got the edge for me simply because of the motion pack. Yeah. And, you know, you always bring up the cheese grater. I always bring up, like, the sort of the <laughs> wacky, like, you're this big monster stomping through town. Or There are yeah, plenty yeah, of yeah. examples of just really, really smart thinking on how to make games work through a motion device on a Game Boy. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and something that's an add-on that was done through the cartridge itself. I, I just feel like it's such an achievement. It took what was already a great concept and made it better. It made it zanier than the original. So really, I mean, it was a really interesting experiment in, like, making the device you held feel like something else, you mm-hmm. know? Like, yeah, they just, like, just the the feeling of turning it while it goes clacker, clacker, clacker. They yep. did such a great job with that. Um, yeah, I had almost forgotten about that game. I, I love the WarioWare games. I feel like they've been, uh, you know, they've been replaced by some of the other kind of micro-game collections that Nintendo has done. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, that one had, that one in the entire series is the one that has this kind of unique hook. Yeah. And, like, you can't really point at many other games that are like that. You yeah. know, it's such a memorable, cool game. Yeah. Uh, the closest feeling to it was, uh, was the Wii version, but I feel like the reason that one didn't hold up for me, and granted, this is a handheld list, it would never yeah. be here, was that they had to explain how you had to hold the, the controller before you did the minigame. Mm-hmm. There was such versatility with the Wii Remote that you can hold it in so many different ways. They decided to come up with poses you had to be in in order to get this to work. Yeah. And I think that's where it got too uninteresting to me. Like I was just like, ah, you're kind of telling me part of the puzzle at yeah. this point. I don't know. I get it. Put it on your hips right. and shake it. Good game. Yeah, all right. All right my, number, my number four then. So this one was a tough one because, mm. as you know, one of my favorite my favorite series of all time are the Zelda games, mm. right? Like, I love Ocarina of Time, Majora's Mask, Link to the Past. Now, I feel like it would be cheating to include any of those on the list, so I'm not going to do that, but I love those three games. Mm-hmm. And so that, it was between A Link Between Worlds and Link's Awakening. And okay. ultimately, ultimately, A Link Between Worlds won out for me. What? Okay. Because, like, Link to the Past has a special place in my heart. And this game played to that nostalgia factor where you're revisiting the world, but then the the story changes. And, like, mm-hmm. it had this kind of cool, like, this sense of, like, like what my favorite, like, old school Star Trek Next Generation episodes did. Like, revisit a, uh, you know, a, a kind of previous storyline or original Star Trek series. Um, and later Voyager and DS9, too. Mm-hmm. I'm so sorry. But, like, y- you... You just you take something and then you remix it and you update it. Yeah. Uh, some superhero movies do that, obviously. Like uh, Abrams did it with Star Trek, but I I love that kind of sense of taking something that's familiar and then messing with it. No, yeah, and, and also coming up with a way that it's still friendly for first timers. I think that was the thing that impressed me the most. Yep. When people tell me what is the first Zelda game I should play, I've never played one. I say, do you have a 3DS? They say yes. Yeah. I say a Link Between Worlds, and, bar none. And I say this even though the art style itself for that game, like I did not like the character. Yeah. The, the way the characters them. looked and all that. I think that's where it's weak. But the gameplay is really strong. Just the feel is so good. Uh, I loved it also because we came back after years of playing stylus-based handheld Zelda games. Like Just to kind of go back to that classic feel of it really made that game special for me too. And then it just has these uh, these moments where it's just like moments of courage where you know the solution is not... 
dodging the enemy at infinitum it's just like a simple kind of yeah. thing where that you have to think about and like that's so good yeah and turning into the painting on the wall i think is still one of the most yeah. elegant and smart puzzle solving ideas they've come up with because whenever you're trapped yeah. you go wait a minute and then you look around the room and you realize there's a slit right there yeah. and then ultimately i didn't i don't think that the uh the kind of item rental item uh, acquisition system uh really fulfilled on its promise of making mm-hmm. the game more like feel like you have more of a choice like i actually do like the idea of having an, an item that's tied to mm-hmm. um tied to a dungeon where you're mm-hmm. like okay i get it i now have the hook shot so i can do these things i i like that progression i don't mind them keeping it but it was refreshing to break out of that cycle too yeah i my my one disappointment was yeah i don't, I don't think the item shop lived up to what they hoped I, it did open it up so that you could travel in any direction and not kind of be held back by yeah. what was in your inventory like you'd basically plan ahead if anything because but it also was so easy to get money in it that game it was too easy that's that the thing w- that was the, the core issue like money Dan, yeah. Dan Stapleton likes to say this in the office a lot when we were talking about that game but money grows on trees yeah, <laughs> in game from every <laughs> angle and it, it just it, it seems to replenish a little too quickly um, and that's not even counting when you do those little mini dungeons that you're able to get like oh sure. here's 200 rupees off of the silver one but that's a that's a small complaint for me yeah uh, same, uh, same. In, in a game that's just great and like I think that the ease of getting money for younger players is very much welcome and and yeah. you know one thing that makes that game much more accessible than like Majora's Mask for example yeah. where i think younger players are like what is going on like there's a lot going yeah, on yes yeah. uh in the office cj uh his kid finished Ocarina of Time 3D mm. by himself uh needed to look up like one thing he did it alone yeah. i think he's like 9 um probably the he, lens of truth yeah, he he uh, he's gonna start playing Majora's Mask, and CJ brought him three offers, and I warned him. I was like, "This one's a lot harder." I was yeah. like, "Are you sure?" And I mentioned some of the things, like how there's this town, and sometimes you have to go talk to a specific person at a specific time of day. And he's like, "Well, how does time pass?" He's like, "Does it pass like our world?" I'm like, "No, it passes really fast." But you can slow it down. Yeah, He's yeah. like, oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what I'm going to do. Um, my, I just thought that was interesting. My, my oldest son uh, gave up on that game. Uh, I think uh, Bongo Bongo killed him a couple of times too many. I'm like, I don't even remember that battle being that difficult. That but hard, like, He apparently had an issue with that and then, of course, later lost the save. My boss is going to make you rage. I'm going to make, him, I'm gonna yeah. make him play it again. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what, what's number, your number? One more four for me is uh, Animal Crossing New Leaf. Uh, good it one. is the game that, uh, of all the Animal Crossing games, I think had the most unique hook and it did Uh, you know the whole mayor angle i think was really smart it was really a smart way to not only invest you in in developing your town but in having the ability to control the town and be like hey there's an ordinance in place that everyone has to clean up i'm not the only person who weeds here or hey there's an ordinance in place that shops have to stay open later because i have a real life like i'm able to go to shops later like bossing people around I like the idea that you have more control over that world. <laughs> I, I do think that um, its interface for putting down objects in the real world, in the mm-hmm. in the overworld, is is very. It needs an update. It is in desperate need yeah. of an update. Trying to position Isabel in the exact spot so that she then thinks, "Is this where you want the table?" Come on, like th- that's a 2013 yeah, yeah, limitation. Yeah. We're in 2016, so I'm hoping yeah. the future that they get that together. <clears throat> um, but in terms of everything else, I think that. It's it's just one of those games that every day feels like a surprise, right? And every day you'll find something and be like, "Oh, that's cool." The only place, other place, I wish that Animal Crossing would grow a little more is um, the. That's me again. Is uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Is the uh, 
townspeople interactions. I just feel like the, the dialogue is cute, but I don't find many instances outside of, hey, so-and-so lost this thing. Can you take a tour? Or, hey, I'm having a party on Saturday. Can you remember to come? Like, it just seems very, very simple. I wish there was something a little deeper. It's a general issue with the Animal Crossing games. Like, you do wish that there was more to distinguish the characters from each other with, mm-hmm. like, the way that they feel about you. Like, I, th- I think there's more work to be done on that sure. to make the interactions more unique. Yep. Where you remember, oh, this one character is all about this, and it, it does it does feel very interchangeable. Yeah, but yeah. but regardless of all that, uh, as a portable series mm-hmm. and as one of the last real Animal Crossing games in that series, I have to say, like it is bar none the best they've done. I feel, um, and I can't wait to see where it goes next. But I, I'm playing it now again because of this update, and just being reminded constantly of why I like that series yeah, and why I'm, I like that game. I'm too. Uh, I'm, <clears throat> I'm I'm playing it. Uh, you know, my my daughter was full of glee over the update and started playing again and comes over to my town peddling her perfect fruit yeah. and all that. Um, but it, uh, no, it's it's just such a good series. And like, uh, you know, I still remember the day I first saw this game running on N64 at a Nintendo event in Japan. And I was like, this looks so different. Like the art style, it just looks beautiful too. Mm-hmm. Like it's so simple. Almost like a precursor to the Miis, you know, like to that whole kind of simple Nintendo approach. And I've never really fallen out of love with that series. I'm a little, you know, like as if you heard the last episode, I'm like, I feel like I've... I've done everything that I want to do in uh, in the game, um, but I'm very much looking forward to the next one. And I like I absolutely think it deserves a place on the list. It's a good one, good right. choice. All right, what's your number three? My number three is uh, Pokemon Blue and Red slash Whoa. Yellow. Okay, okay. Um, out of the three, definitely Yellow. Um, I really like. Pikachu as a character, okay, um, and I love the kind of early use of color um, that we got with uh, with that version. Um, no, but blue and red are just so special to me. Like that really was the first game where I felt this investment in kind of collecting and like being complete and trading with people. And you know, there've been like Final Fantasy games before where you want your character to learn all the jobs and like I totally fell for that. I said before I'm a story gamer, but I do make exceptions with certain games like, you know, <laughs> Assassin's Creed 4. I got everything in that game. Got it. And that was the case certainly with uh with Pokémon um blue and red in the beginning. Yeah. Um and I I play a little bit of green as well. But um it uh yeah it's just such a well designed game and like the it's so clear the systems are so clear like the concept of the tall grass right like they took all these things from past rpgs and then turned it into this really kind of delightful little adventure because mm-hmm. it's not this world ending quest and this uh, this boss you beat and when he dies he sprouts another wing and like it's very simple it's very much like it's this kind of you know, like just kids. You know? No, yeah, and there yeah. had been plenty of RPGs before, but how many had up to 151 yeah. different playable party members for you to, to, to use? And I think that's part of the appeal that, the, you know, the collecting aspect is definitely what really holds it all together. But when you look at it in the context of the genre, there wasn't, there weren't many games like that, and there mm. still aren't many games like that. Now it doesn't affect the ending. You don't get different endings because you miss certain Pokemon. Yeah, you get rare chances to catch some of them, and you have to take advantage of that opportunity. But even the uh, the aspect of again battling and collecting, which you mentioned, like the 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 trading, the trading aspect and collecting, excuse me, or mm. battling. Um, I think battling is also a cool thing because how many RPGs have you played where it's like my party is better than yours and I can prove it. 
You know, yeah. like that's that's kind of it's kind of dope. It's, it's just such a brilliant concept. When you go back, the the nuance that they built into that game. There've been so many RPGs, you know, from J- especially in Japan that were clever that had some sort of element where you can catch something, like you can catch catch an enemy, make him part of the party, but never like that. I mean, you you will get a completely different. Uh, you know, Pokemon, depending on when you evolve it, you know, mm-hmm. like the stats are varied and like you really get the sense of like wanting to find that diamond in the rough and then training it and then trading it back and forth, obviously, to yeah. get like the, the bonuses that Absolutely. come with that. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah it's, it's just, I mean, the Pokemon games, it's amazing because it feels like they haven't really changed much over the no. years. They actually have added a lot more elements to it. Certainly, you know, sophistication and like graphics and how you connect with people. But like that core gameplay is what defines that that series, and it hasn't changed, and it really hasn't needed to because it's so unique and no. awesome. Yeah, and it has yeah. created an interesting culture of you gotta catch them. You yeah. gotta catch everyone that yeah. you can. Um, and that's why that slogan, I guess, worked so well for it. It's it's I mean, it's literally a franchise that you can summarize in that one sentence. Yeah, gotta catch you them. Know? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, number three for me changed. It was a link between worlds, but you brought it up, um, and also reminded me again how much uh, I'm. I've been sort of torn on that game's look. I think I think Triforce Heroes did a better job in terms of how it looked. It yeah. didn't go for the same look. I think it, it looked better, but fortunately, it was uh, all around a multiplayer game mm. that you know folks either enjoyed or didn't. But that's not the discussion. I moved up Elite Beat Agents, so this is the first third party game on this list. I think. Um, it's one of the ones where I feel like I feel sad that I don't have it on my list. Yeah, yeah. So if you know what Elite Beat Agents is, if not, you know what Owen Don and Owen Don 2 is. But basically, it is a game based around, uh, in the agents case, an elite group of agents who come out to cheer you up when you are trapped in a terrible, terrible dilemma. Those dilemmas of this game include... Uh, Actually, I don't remember. Like movies getting filmed and things going wrong uh, to infiltration to steal company secrets and trying not to get caught. Like they had all these wacky interstitials. And whenever you ran into trouble um, and you needed some cheering up, the the agents would come out. Mm -hmm. And the core idea of that series was basically you're tapping along to popular music. Um, And that is uh, is in and of itself an interesting – like it was licensed tracks that they went for even. Um, So in the U.S., they dressed dressed it up as an FBI agent like motif secret agent motif in Japan it was Japanese male cheerleaders which are called Oendan uh, which are known for just shouting uh, coming up with all the cheers at like baseball games and, and Japanese sporting events in fact they take it so seriously when the team is losing they believe it is their fault because they are not cheering hard enough that's how uh, weird <laughs> Oendan culture can get there but um, yeah, th- this game is incredible. And if you make it to when you get through normal, it's one trip. When you get through very hard or hard, it is completely something else. It is playing Jumping Jack Flash, which is the last song in the game. <laughs> and if you miss a note, it just all falls apart. You just feel like I'm done. But you're tapping in rhythm. You're sliding sort of uh, these graphics along these bars to keep in time with the music. And you have indicators like sh- shrinking circles. Yeah, that shrinking show circles. It's very QTE based if you want to you know, look at it uh, reductively. Yep. But it, I think there's a lot more to it than that because this isn't one QTE. This is like eight going off at once in one song and you're like tap 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 and you're but, like what but the reason why it works and there there are obviously so many rhythm games is that it feels good yeah right and like when this is the era where we all played guitar hero and then later rock band and you know where 
it, it felt good because it felt like holding a guitar. But with this game, they managed to pull that kind of that sense off on a touchscreen. Like yep. it just felt good doing all these little these little things. And then the visuals were just it's just funny and it's crazy so and it's just entertaining. Yeah. You see these um, guys in suits just swinging their arms from side to side and singing yeah. along. And there's this whole music video happening. Great franchise. Yeah, yeah no, really good stuff. Uh, sadly, on down two didn't get localized because Elite Agents tanked. To my knowledge, yeah, it just yeah. did not do well, which is a shame, though, because on Nintendo DS, there were so many games that were left field, like no one had ever thought b- brain training in minutes a day was going to be a huge thing. Nobody thought that Dogs would be this incredible experiment that so many people want to try. Yeah. And there were so many of those stories. And it's sad to me that one of the footnotes is that Elite Beat Agents didn't end up being one of those games globally. It did end up being one of those games in Japan, because yeah. in Japan, one and two sold fairly, if not very well. Yeah, that's why I was hoping that they'd just do a downloadable version or something, like mm-hmm. a simple release where you don't really have that much risk, but it wasn't to be. Maybe we'll get it um maybe we'll get it on a touchscreen enabled future device. Hmm. Switch. Oh, does that have a touchscreen? I don't know. All right. All yeah, right. it'd be really nice to get that. Number um, two. Number two. Okay. I might change mine, but I'm gonna let you go. <laughs> All right. Um it has to be Advance Wars. I what? love I Advance Wars. Oh, man. I love that series. I'm so sad it's not around. Um, you know, if you know how much I love Advance Wars, you can already guess what my number one is. But I really am fond of the original kind of GBA title. Um, I played every game in the series. I, I like them all. Battalion Wars doesn't count. Very different game. Mm-hmm. Um but I'd say second would be Dual Strike in that series, um, you know, which did something really unique with the, the two-screen um, setup um, on the DS. But I just love the original GBA game. I wish, I wish those characters were coming back, like that we'd see Andy or some of the characters in a future Smash Brothers game. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a franchise worth continuing. Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe the whole military angle, even though it's kind of cutesy looking, uh, was too much for Nintendo in the end, and they just focused on the other strategy, RT, uh, um, strategy turn-based series. But um, you mean the one you're not naming? That yeah, the one is I'm probably naming, number one. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know where it would rank. Uh, uh, I don't know what you're talking about. All right, um, just checking because I can that, see your paper for love me. Love that game series. <laughs> Honestly, if you're one of those people who has never played it, if you can just play dual strike that one is easy to find i mm-hmm. think on the ds yep. or the original gba games yeah because those are on wii u if you have one of those um, yeah but it is it really is special on a handheld I, I feel like yeah it's not a you know it's not a sit at home kind of game it's really like you can play these missions while you're in transit somewhere and, sure yeah. sure no I, I i mean this this gener- the general strategy alone of those games has always blown me away because unlike uh, that other series made mm-hmm. by the same company. This one, uh, I like how I'm not saying it. Uh, this one, uh, it was a requirement to take over and control territory. And that's something that not every mission in that other game we're going to talk about yeah. later, uh, that was part of it. And I feel like that was a very real part of success. And not, not just that, but just managing your resources and being smart about deployment, which is the story of every strategy game for sure. <laughs> It, it just has these moments because, like like many strategy games, you know, certain units are strong against others but weak against others. And like when you get that moment where you make a mistake and you're like, oh no, I put that unit 
too mm-hmm. close to this guy, and you and like you see you the cutscene, and you're going to be taken out. It like it has this tension that you wouldn't expect from a turn-based game mm-hmm. that you would expect from an action game. And then when they miss and you make it, it's just such a great moment. Also, really loved the capture mechanic. How mm-hmm. you go like boom, boom, boom. You take over yeah, a city yeah, yeah. Um, with your guys. Uh, yeah, I can't say enough great things about that franchise. It's style-wise, character-wise, map-wise, strategy-wise, uh, and music-wise. It's just a really good franchise. It needs to come back. Goes way back to the old old Nintendo days. You know the the War series, um, Famicom Wars, and stuff. Yep, yep. Yeah. Uh, so please bring it back. Game number Wars. number two for me. Um, I'm torn on because I don't know where to go with the GBA version or the 3DS version of this of this game. Um, I'm more inclined to go with the GBA one because okay. it's the one that I cared about the most. Like I feel like the 3DS one came close, but there were some things that didn't quite hold me as strongly. Yeah, I'm talking about Rhythm Heaven, mm. uh, which is also made by the WarioWare team, and it is a music. I, I like music games. You big, yeah, you big yeah, rhythm I'm, guy. Huh? I'm big on on rhythm games, and uh, Rhythm Heaven to me is one of these. Really smart ideas that happened on Game Boy Advance that Japan got and no one else did until years later. Until we finally got it on the DS. And that version's great. Yeah. But the original, there is a charm and a, a, a an originality to it all. Um, the first time you shoot at this ghost that is kind of like paying peekaboo as he comes out like a cuckoo as he's getting closer and closer to the gap in the fence. And when he goes to jump across, you have to fire a bow at his face and knock him through the door. Why are you doing that? Who cares? <laughs> and that's that's kind of what I love about the, charm, uh, the series yeah. as a whole. It's it's this wacky, just out of this world humor. Like it, nothing has to make sense. Well, uh, and it's, it's WarioWare, right? Like you get it's almost it's it's not quite as crude as WarioWare, but it's this continuation of like what did I just see? Yeah, you know, like yeah. you get this. Uh, no, like yeah. there's there's another mini game where uh, there are ca- there, you're a mouse trying to evade a cat who keeps popping up at the table to look where the mice are and you're running across a dinner table you're stopping at the cups and at the plates and at any setup that you can as a group and you're the middle guy so if you stop too early the guy in back gets left out and starts freaking out if you stop (laughs) if you if you don't stop you run into the guy in front of you and he reacts and that's the charm of the series as a whole and I've talked about this plenty of times on the show but it is that it's not just about you but the people around you the way they react to you I admire that a lot. It's, I just think that, that that's the kind of judgment that we all cringe at in real life, but mm-hmm. somehow they've turned it into this comical thing. Yeah, it's a skill that really goes back to the early kind of Disney uh, days, or you can see it in, in some of the Warner cartoons, too. Um, this just like where they can do so much with very small expressions, right? Mm-hmm. Like the way characters react. It's really masterfully done in yeah, this game. No, like totally. I, I laugh at many of just the the way the characters look and the the reproachful looks or the panic you can see <laughs> in their faces. It's done with such like really simple strokes, yeah. but so ma- masterfully. It's really, I mean, it's all hand animated simple yeah. stuff. Now we t- we talked to one of the creators of of that series once, and he talked about how they signed up for dance classes. That was like a mandate from uh, the producer on that yeah. uh, game, who was an outside producer from Nintendo, uh, who wasn't uh, who was a recording artist. He's like mm. one of the most popular recording artists in Japan, and he says, in order for you guys to understand shared rhythm you should really take dancing classes. And so they all ended up in Tokyo in a dancing class. And he said that it really stood out to him whenever they would do like an accent move. The feeling of accomplishment when they got it right was fantastic. And then the feeling of 
getting it wrong was just miserable. Well, not miserable, but it was definitely like, oh, right. God. Yeah. Like, that was awful. Everybody's watching me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think that uh, they do an excellent job of, of distilling that into a game that is ultimately made for short bursts of play. That's beautiful. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and then in, in a smart move in the first game, they do this thing where they basically add all the songs into one remix. So they build something else out of it. And that just shows this versatility um, to the music and to the designs of these puzzles. And I think that's really smart. Yeah. No, it's a it's a really good good game. I thought about that one too. Uh, Elite Beat Agents, I thought about too. But I like ultimately, you know, I gravitate towards the kind of the strategy and the kind of like RPG oh, adve- totally. a- adventure games, even on the go. Um, and so, you know, while I looked at a whole bunch of other games that could have made my list, ultimately Fire Emblem Awakening took my top spot. What? I know it's a, I, what I had it's no a idea, none of whatsoever. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I love that game. Okay. I don't know if you know this. Uh, you know, and, and Fates is obviously a really, really fantastic game, too. Um, Fates is a little bit more fussy in the way it's set up with the, the kind of the storyline triple split. I feel like Awakening doesn't have this kind of daunting approach. And I just love how Awakening did this whole kind of story with the kids first, right? Mm-hmm. Like this kind of teaming up with your offspring through this kind of time travel element, element in the game. Um, Man, that game is so good. And then the Fire Emblem series in general has really good music. The music in that game was fantastic. Really good animated cutscenes, you know, like that that kind of cell shaded anime style in uh, in Fire Emblem is. I I love I love the way that series looks. Yes, the characters didn't have feet, but that was. <laughs> That's that's a small complaint. A small inconvenience. No, it's just it's it was a wonderful wonderful uh, game in a in a long running awesome series with you know Sacred Stones. You can obviously play on a handheld too, and so many good games in that franchise. But Awakening is the is the one for me. No, and and you feel genuine terror when you make a decision, just like you said with uh with with the uh, loss man yeah. in that game. Loss is serious in that yeah. game. Yeah, like you are. I mean, most people, I'm sure, lost one character, and like you do feel guilty, mm-hmm. you know. And like sometimes it's like after battling for 45 minutes, a character that you're trying to build up gets killed, yeah. and you're like at this point, you're like, Aww. I mean, what about did you build up Donald? Donald, the uh, the kid with so the, the, the pot one, on his head. So he is the one who got killed. <laughs> the on most. my first playthrough, he got killed, and I say, screw it. Really? Yeah. yeah. You know he's like the secret best character I know. in that game. <laughs> yeah, and then afterwards I'm like, ah, now I have to play it again. No, but they, but they, I, I love that um, that moment of choice, and you don't have that in a, in a lot of games, and you know, rightfully so. Games are not that brutal anymore, right? You don't get this like ghouls and ghosts thing where you like you you're trying to beat this part, and then when you lose at the very end, you go back to the beginning. Like a lot of games don't do that anymore because we don't. We don't like being frustrated anymore, but I feel like in Fire Emblem it works because it's part of the storyline and the responsibility that you have of your army. And by the way, you can make the decision to say, you know what, I'm going to leave that character behind. Or, mm-hmm. you know, you basically make the kind of general's decision of saying, you know, that's a casualty of war. Like, that's what yeah. it takes to win this battle for me now. Yeah. yeah. No, and it, it does end up putting you in a really difficult spot. I really enjoy also the, the idea that soldiers who fight together become closer. Mm-hmm. They become closer friends. They become oh, yeah. lovers. Support like, system, become, really yeah, good. There, there's yeah, there's this angle of 
um, you know, the joke in Metal Gear is uh, d- can war bloom on a battlefield? You know, Fire mm-hmm. Emblem's answer is resoundingly yes, oh, yeah. and you can have kids. Um, All the stuff you don't even see. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, I had a conversation once with uh, Brendan on our wiki's team because he said that in some of the earlier Fire Emblem games, he appreciated that some of the pairings and specifically support conversations there weren't as many. Like, they were focused on very specific pairs, and so you just kind of tried to learn what those are. Yeah. Um, and I was arguing that I liked where Awakening took it because I do like the idea that anyone can be a couple in that game and mm. work out um, to to work more efficiently and better and cover each other. Mm-hmm. Like, I just – I like having the plethora of options versus – there are only these few. I just, yeah. you know, his argument though was that the ones that he feels that not all of them are as substantial, yeah. and I can see that some support conversations and some of the weirdest like tomfoolery you've seen yeah. in, in, in video games. You know, where you know one that comes to mind is like so and so put up posters of me naked to promote me around the the camp, and it's like why? What is <laughs> what are you guys doing? Japan, yeah, Japan. Uh, but uh, but but I do like that aspect of it. I think that is another piece of why that series works so well like like that's not a thing and in, in, for example uh the other game uh that you mentioned uh, advanced wars that you know they go in a different direction with their strategy i think fire emblem has its own rules and very much sticks to them. yeah nice <laughs> uh yeah i i i know they're working on the next one well, they better be and the last i two am, have done so i mean well. i'm really curious to see if this is now a Switch game, or if we're continuing the uh, the 3DS lineage of this we've franchise. We've had two. Yeah, we've had you know, two We on had 3DS. two games on the 3DS. We've actually had like five, if you count how many chapters <sighs> was Fates. Because oh, Fates right. was, yeah, yeah. well, four. Because Fates was, you know, Birthright, Conquest, yeah. Revelations. I'm kidding. <laughs> That's what it's called. <laughs> um, yeah, good. What's your number one, man? All right, so I changed it. I punked out. Um, I initially had, I'm going to say why I changed it in a minute. I initially had Pokemon Gold and Silver yeah. on here. Um uh, just because it's one of the best, I think it's one of the best sequels in all of video game history. Yeah. Um, you know, taking the initial concept of what is Pokemon and building it into something uh, really, really, really substantial. Um, but I decided to instead supplant and change that with uh, Castlevania Aria of Sorrow. Okay. Which, uh, to me, the Metroid-like, I guess I should just say Metroidvania. I've never been a fan of the term, but that genre is a huge interest of mine. Yeah. I, I am a big fan of big labyrinth-like worlds and trying to find all the keys you need to get through them. Um, really enjoyed, you know, for example, like Guacamelee or really enjoyed... To some extent, Strider, until I realized that the doors are color-coded, and I just kind of don't like knowing Mm -hmm. uh, what item works where. I like kind of putting it together myself and mapping it myself. But anyway, Aria of Sorrow is the first time that I felt uh, Konami, and specifically Iga, recaptured the spark of Symphony of the Night in a portable game. I think that... Uh, the launch game uh, for Game Boy Advance, uh, which was Castlevania... uh, I forgot. Something of way too dark screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Something, something way too dark screen. Uh, But then there was Harmony of Dissonance after that, and that one didn't Dawn of Sorrow? uh, No, that's the DS one. That's the DS one. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Whereas on on Game Boy Advance, uh, Circle of the Moon was the one we were thinking about. I call it Circle of the Dark Screen. Yeah. 
Castlevania Mario Sorrow managed that balance of, okay, colorful graphics, here's something that looks good on a portable screen. With Harmony of Dissonance, I think they just turned the controls up way too high. Yeah. I think they tried a little too hard to make it noticeable. Um, and also, I, I wasn't pulled in as substantially by, like, Juste Belmont and, and, and the cast. Whereas I like the idea of Castlevania in the future. Main character's name is Soma Cruz. Dracula's been dead forever. Yeah. And you have this storyline where, hey, guess what? You're the next reincarnation of Dracula if you go the wrong way. No pressure. But we have to make sure that doesn't happen. Um, and, and they have a really good labyrinth to explore in that one. Uh, they had guns in that one as a weapon. That's that was right. the strangest That's thing. Right. Yeah. Um, but the idea was Castlevania in the future. Uh, Alucard is like a businessman, like yeah. in a suit. There were so many different pieces of Castlevania history that ultimately made me care about it um, a lot. And I played the heck out of it. I also loved uh, the the spirit system they had where you basically, by attacking certain enemies, they can randomly drop a spirit type. You had three categories you can fill. Yeah. And you had a special ability, special abilities that they gave you. Um, I really liked it. I always loved Symphony of the Night. It is It will forever be one of those games I will never forget playing. Rightfully so, yeah. Metroid I mean, Fusion almost got up on this list. Yeah. But I have issues with, you know, obviously it's chattiness, but also um, some of its linearity. I, I can definitely take issue with. Zero Mission doesn't belong on here because it's a remake. To me, it's not original enough. It's I thought about both of revision. those games. Yeah. And quite frankly, I mean, with Castlevania, I would have put Dawn of Sorrow in my five, too, yeah. but, you know, like, I like decided, the more, decided yeah. to, to bump it out. Like, the... Mm-hmm. the there, there are so many good games, right? Absolutely. Like talking about the games that didn't make it, right? Like just Mario Kart and Phoenix Wright, mm-hmm. and like uh, you know, they're, they're the world ends with you. The world DS. ends with you. They're, they're all incredible. these for many people. That's their number one game, and I yeah. can understand that. There are definitely a lot of great games. Yeah, I had the Monster s- Hunter Three Ultimate, Monster Hunter Four at one point. Yeah, yeah, Mother, you can. Mother Three, Mother, Mother Three. You can put Mother Three on there yeah. if yeah. you're going to Japan. Uh, the sad thing what? about your list. What? Is that there's only one game fri- franchise on that list that is still active. Everything else is, oh, is gone. There's, there hasn't been a new WarioWare. Mm-hmm. There hasn't been a new classic Castlevania. I mean, yeah. like, it's amazing how good those games were. The 2D games were so good. Mm-hmm. And Game Boy uh, Advance on, on DS, they were mm-hmm. awesome. Yep. And it's sad that that is gone, yep. right? Um, there hasn't been a new Elite Beat hasn't Elite happened Beat. in forever Rhythm Heaven just got okay. a game Rhythm yeah. Heaven did so two, and Animal Crossing obviously is going to be continued yeah. but we haven't seen a new yeah. one in a Castlevania, while Castlevania we don't know what the future of that series is <sighs> Ego's on, got Konami. Bloodstained going on so hopefully that will be uh, the future of that series but, that's but not it remains to be seen if that's, handheld, well, it's also you know? remains to be seen if it's a Wii if it's a Switch game or not like yeah. he, he has it listed as a Wii U game but they have to come to that decision when they get there and talk to the backers because backers paid for that game yeah um and that's the version they backed. Yeah. Uh, no, no. I, good, I good choice. You. Yeah. Good choice. Um, yeah, I almost put Drill Dozer on this list. I love that game. I, I wish Game Freak made more games not called Pokemon because Drill Dozer, to me, Drill Dozer, and even, uh, oh my God, Pocket Card Jockey. Card, pocket How card could that jockey. not be on your list? <laughs> I, uh, I, flew to, <laughs> I flew to LA last week <laughs> and I played it again. How'd that go? I, Did you get the Elvis horse? It's so There's good. It's still so good. It's it's mean and makes you really mad sometimes when you like mess up just because you're not paying attention because you're not concentrated. Mm-hmm. But it's just such a clever little game, like something that is so simple, playing solitaire mm-hmm. to be expanded to be this horse racing game. Uh, I really dig that title. Yep. I think a lot of people overlooked it and didn't play it because it is cards and horse racing, which I'm, by, by the way, I'm not into horse racing. I'm not into card games per se, yep. but that combo is just really good. 
All right. Well, we've got to wrap up. But yeah. if you're listening uh, or watching, why don't you send in your five uh, sort of handheld games on Nintendo platforms or on Nintendo handheld? What are your five favorite games on a Nintendo handheld device? Yeah. Let us know either in the comments or let us know uh, via email, mvc at IGN.com. Put in the subject line, top five Nintendo handheld games. Or uh, I guess that's kind of misleading because it's not only Nintendo games. Make sure you include third parties in there. That's a big, yeah. big deal. But on a Nintendo handheld, don't yeah. cheat. Yeah, no cheating. And uh, props uh, and shout out to Vanilla Light again for uh, posting yeah. the topic because I thought it was a really smart idea. Um, we're actually watching uh, more of our social feeds for that stuff. We've got another one for next week, but we're going to save it for next week, so I'm not going to tell you what it is. But tell us what were your top five uh, handheld games of all time on a Nintendo system. By the way, I'm disappointed you're not wearing a uh, NVC shirt. We gotta, we gotta, oh, we gotta talk about that. Yeah. yeah, what's so up? So if you go to store.ign.com, sorry for the, the self-promotion, but uh, some of you guys have asked about that. On store.ign.com, you, can, uh, yeah. you can now get the official NVC shirt. It's got the NVC logo. There's also a welcome logo um, that, uh, that you can order there. So, you know, we did a store with our partners at Chirp Punch. Um, there's Beyond and Unlocked and Game Scoop and all that kind of stuff, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really like the welcome shirt. I want that one. Uh, you were behind that. I had nothing to do with that. I like that. Yeah. No, uh, we you finally have shirts. Know. Yeah. I, it also ended up a sticker in the IGN uh, app. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, if you no. use an, if you use a, an iPhone, yeah, you I use message iMessage, stickers. you can use the welcome sticker. About them Google yeah. I snuck stickers. that in without what? telling you. Oh, yeah. No, I know. Yeah. Um, well, look, you finally have a way to get the shirt. Get the shirt. Uh, I know I plan to. Um, but definitely if you're a big fan of the show you'll like it uh, lastly you can leave us feedback email us at mvc at ign.com or leave us a review on iTunes or on Google Play which I finally found where our listing is so now I may actually start Woo-hoo. checking those reviews um, need to uh, lastly you can find us on Twitter you can find myself uh, well actually you can find Pear at Pear at Jim you can find myself at Jose underscore Otero thank you so much for listening watching supporting we'll see you next week uh, with more Nintendo Way Show Future. But then I threw my cars into the wind. I had no reason to be carefree. No, no, no. Until I took a trip to the other side of town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know I heard that boogie rhythm. Hey, I had no choice but to get down, 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 dance. Woo! Nothing left for me to do but dance. All these bad times I'm going through just dance. Give me in my heels tonight, baby. Ooh, oh, you know this book is for I got this photo child in vain, darling. I'm going to use my power to ascend. You Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.